Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. Ricky Sandu. A content creator in the beauty space that has a huge audience across Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. Ricky initially started posting all about beauty products and beauty hacks but has evolved her platform into talking more and more about authentic beauty and not hiding from your imperfections. She uses her platform as a tool to empower young girls and women to rid of some of the desire to constantly be changing themselves and moving over to accepting themselves exactly as they are. Ricky really is a breath of fresh air. She's so focused on normalising just being normal, which is really important in a space where we're all trying to navigate the overwhelming feeling of beauty and social media. She's someone who is so vulnerable to her audience, which in turn creates a safe space for her community online. We talked loads about the relationship that Ricky has with social media, which I found so fascinating to listen to, as well as her views on body trends, self-comparison, insecurities, and some of the struggles she's had with her own mental health. Ricky is so much more than a content creator. She's someone who cares and comes from a really pure place. And something that was so evident throughout this entire conversation was that she is so passionate about making people and empowering people to be their best selves. I absolutely love this conversation and I hope you guys do too. Here's Ricky's version of beauty. Hi, Ricky. Hi, Chloe. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm good how are you yeah really good thank you um thank you for coming on the podcast we were just having a bit of a chat and um yeah you've never done a podcast before so I'm excited I'm excited to get I know I wanted to do a podcast that I you know resonated with and actually think would work for my audience they'd enjoy so you're the first (laughs) super exciting we've got an exclusive so um yeah we can kind of unravel as we go as kind of I do pretty much in every episode but let's start with kind of you and a bit of an intro to you if for anyone who's listening who might not have heard of you before 
Perfect. Yeah. So I'm Ricky. Um, I'm 24. <laughs> Do you know, I go to these events and I'm always like the oldest one here now. It's weird. I've gone from being the youngest in like yeah. industry to now the oldest. It's strange. I'm um, <laughs> one and I honestly, I, I moved from Manchester to London, uh, from London to Manchester. And I feel like such a grandma up here. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like there's a sudden like transition and you're like, it's bizarre. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went to uni. I did all of that did English language actually which didn't end up using my degree um, <laughs> um and then basically started doing TikTok during like lockdown which I feel like is when everyone started um had some time on my hands I knew it was obviously taking off quickly so just started making some beauty content on there and then it's all kind of gone from there really so now I do sort of beauty on TikTok Instagram and YouTube um but with a bit of body positivity as well I like to mix it up a little bit yeah, and and not to blow smoke up your ass, but the the a lot of your content is you're like a dream guest, really, because a lot of your content is a stripped back kind of behind the scenes version of beauty that normalizes just being normal. Yeah. Um, so I was really excited to talk about your journey of that and putting that out on social media. But before we get into like the nitty-gritty um and kind of opening the window so to speak on social media talk about your journey before kind of you started posting because obviously well I'm presuming that you were kind of a beauty obsessor but how did that start like what was yeah asking the question like what was your first experience of beauty but what's funny yeah it's weird because it's like I don't have like a certain point you know when I started wearing makeup growing up I actually lived with my grandparents and parents and aunties for a very long time so I'm Indian and like traditionally like I'm going way back now. You want to know? Oh, no, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> um, traditionally, like, you know, when people get married the daughter-in-law moves in with like the in-laws so mum moved from Coventry to where I live now and then I live with grandparents and everything and I was never really allowed to wear makeup growing up which is um obviously weird because I do it now but I think culturally and stuff as well and also just I was quite young and I I'd always loved it I'd love the idea of like doing my hair was the first thing I loved you know doing little plaits and things and then everyone started wearing makeup at school and I was like oh, I really want to do that um Mum was like, you can, but like, let's just wait. Like, not yet. You know, you're too young, which I think kind of made me want to do it even more. You know, and you're like told you can't. You're like, right, now I really want to. <laughs> um, and then I think I started wearing a little bit of makeup, maybe like year nine. Um, the funny thing is, obviously, I do beauty, but I'm not actually that good at makeup. I almost like showing that other side of it because I know I used to love watching like beauty gurus, especially on YouTube and stuff. And I try and recreate their looks, but like they never look the same. Um so it's weird because obviously now that's what I do on my profile. But yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know. There was never like a point where it was like, right, now I've got into beauty. It was like almost like a gradual process. Um at uni, I think is when I really started taking a liking and like I just experimented all the time. It was just, yeah, I think that was the first time when I um was sort of yeah, just experimenting with everything, like my fashion, makeup, which by the way, my fashion sucks, it's awful. <laughs> but um yeah, that's when I really started and I lived with friends, so like we used to give each other like tips on stuff. It was just yeah, it was really fun, nice little community we had going. So yeah. That's cool. So I guess like how how has that relationship been with like your parents and your family, given that they were 
probably maybe not as forthcoming with you wearing makeup and stuff from a young yeah. age. I completely understand why, but like yeah. it's it's weird. Like they, I mean, they love it now. They're really proud of what I do. They love it. I think it was just I really took an interest quite early. Um, and that wasn't, I wouldn't say there was really any like pressure for me to change the way I looked. I think it was more like everyone at school was doing it. So I felt like the only one that couldn't, um, which I think that in itself makes you feel like, you know, the odd one out. And and I remember, I think they were doing it quite early as well. You know, like year seven, everyone was coming in with foundation lit. So I was like, that's so cool. I want foundation <laughs> Um, I think the first thing I was allowed to wear, I remember like wearing clear mascara. I don't know if you remember like, oh my God, I used to go into like boots. And mum was like, okay, you can get like one BB cream and one clear mascara and I was literally so excited <laughs> um, you couldn't even tell I was wearing makeup but I loved it um, it was brilliant but yeah no I think it was just I think my parents were fine with it when I started wearing it it was just I think I took an interest quite earlier uh, quite you know early on um but they love it now they're really supportive and I honestly I'm so close to my family like I couldn't ask for like a better little community and like I just I love them to bits like my mum is my best friend um I love my dad. I love it. <laughs> I, love that. I, I love it that you can share and like they back you because I think a lot of not really spoken too much about. I've had a lot of content creators on here in the beauty space yeah. and, and in wider industries, but um, not really spoken too much about like what parents thought of them because a lot of when they started their social media profiles, because I would presume, and again, I'm presuming, but like a lot of people, like if I went home at, I don't know, 18 or 20 or whatever. And I'd be like, mom, I want to be an influencer. She'd be like, yeah, it, get it a was, job kind of yeah. thing. Which I obviously think influence marketing and I know there's a lot more to it. We were actually just chatting, weren't we, about like the yeah. amount of time and, and effort that goes into creating content. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird um when I because I've wanted to I've wanted to do like social media from a very young age I remember like when YouTube was first taking off and I was like I used to watch like Zoella's hauls I'd be like oh, I want to do that so badly and again my dad used to be like look you're too young now like obviously you're not even supposed to be on social media at your age <laughs> like so I was never allowed to do it I think again that was like right I, I need to do it I actually used to have a, a blog a beauty blog because I was like okay that way I can still sort of you know be creative have fun with it but not put my face on it I don't think I even put my name on it for a very long time like it was like my little anonymous sideline that nobody knew about um and that actually I got like 5,000 followers on that which at the time was a lot <laughs> I thought I, I smashed it I was stuck alive <laughs> um but yeah so it started off like that and then during lockdowns when I really I was basically working for a little finance company um in my hometown within like marketing and mm. I got put on furlough um so just had loads and loads of spare time and I knew that I wanted to get into social media so I thought okay now's my time to actually you know make use of the time that I've got um mm. it I, I'll be honest with you like when I started TikTok it didn't start off with like this body positivity thing it wasn't mm. I just wanted to do my beauty on there wanted to share that and I do you know what I was loving the following increasing and stuff and it's weird because every reason I started my TikTok is like completely changed now I do it for a completely different reason but I'm not going to sit here and say like oh that was always my mission to come on here and you know talk about body positivity it wasn't it's naturally almost gone that way and I found because I feel like if you're just doing social media for the followers and for things like that you, it's, it's not sustainable like you're never ever gonna like last because it's you know it's temporary it goes up and down but now like I, I do content that really resonates with young girls content that I think I needed growing up and the DMs the messages the comments I get make it so worthwhile I think that's so much more important I think as soon as my parents started seeing that 
especially for my mum, like she was seeing some of the messages I was getting and she was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so for this. Um, so they were surprisingly okay with it. I think as soon as it started growing and they were like, okay, you can actually get a career from this and you're helping, you know, millions of girls. Then I think they were fine with it. Um, but yeah, it's a new industry. I think it's weird. I think if I had a child and they came to me like, oh, I want to do social media, I'd probably be a bit sceptical as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got its pros and cons, which is obviously what I talk a lot about um, anyway. But yeah, they're very supportive. I'm very, I'm very, very, yeah, happy. Yeah, that's good. Why did you start social media? Um, or what was the why? Because you said that's changed. Yeah, it's a, it's a, do you know what? Like initially, when I was when I was at secondary school, I went through a real sort of phase of bullying. Um, and I think that's really shaped who I am today. And like, I really do think when I first started doing social media before TikTok or anything, it was almost like a validation thing the likes made me feel good the followers made me feel good and I almost had to like do so much reflection like self-reflection and be like this is weird now I've got it it actually isn't giving me that buzz that I thought I'd get like I was I remember at uni you know I'd go and I would edit my pictures back then and I you know I would never ever post myself looking horrible I'd or I'd always make myself look you know as good as I could and when I when I got the likes it was amazing I was like okay this feels good you know I'm, I'm pretty it's almost like I was always trying to prove to these bullies from school oh look like I'm I'm making it I'm doing better but then I think as soon as I actually started doing the content I'm doing now I've there's just been a massive shift like I can't even put it into words um so when I started off I think it like it was just like almost like this temporary validation of like hey I'm good enough and I'm liked and look at me I'm getting followers and things like that and it, it's weird it's so weird how it's just like gone from that to the complete opposite now and it I never thought I never thought it was that and I do you know what even even me saying this is sounds stupid people are probably watching be like so you're doing it for the followers and likes but if I'm being really honest that's why people start it they don't or you know they want to share their creativity and their passion yes but they're not going to do it if no one's watching that's what keeps you going um but then I yeah I was just seeing the other side of it and obviously and it wasn't it wasn't giving me that buzz that I thought it would and that's when I was like right I need to make this meaningful like I need to do more with my platform now that I've actually gained a following um and I was getting you know at this point loads of messages from girls talking about how insecure they are talking about mental health issues that they're going through and I was like I I can actually I've got the power now with my platform to actually make a change a real change um so yeah, it it didn't start off with that intention at all. It's become that, and I'm so glad. It's almost like it was meant to be. I think if I started off with that again, I don't know. I don't think it would have been authentic to me. Um, but yeah, it's been a very natural process and a very slow process. I'm still learning, and I think with like cancel culture and everything, I'm always very worried of like, oh my god, what's going to happen? What we're going to think. But we're all humans, and like we all make mistakes. And I'm just yeah, I'm just working it out as time goes by. That's literally actually my thing so that's where I'm at at the moment and I think that's why probably your audience are resonating with you and they're enjoying your content because I can definitely relate to a lot of it and some of it's so interesting even about like the stuff you which we can go into your content in a second but like even about like having hair on your face and um I don't know showing your paws or showing your spots or whatever it's normal and it's actually not normal to not have any of those things and I understand yeah. if somebody doesn't want to share them or talk about them that's their prerogative but I equally I find it really empowering that you do that and what that's let's actually go down this route of of why that that shift came in your content and being a bit more exposed to the camera and being a bit more raw in the content that you deliver I really had to go back to my teenage years when I was doing my content 
And I thought, what didn't I have when I was younger? Because everyone could do beauty videos, right? Brilliant. Love that. But I thought, what was missing when I was growing up? And I know there was things like my facial hair. Like I said, I'm Indian. I'm very, very hairy. And I, and that's something that I never saw represented, you know? Like, growing up, I thought... I remember at uni, literally, my friends for the freshers were all wearing crop tops. And I was like, I can't wear a crop top. My stomach's got hair on it. Like, I can't do that. And I remember thinking, like, what excuse do I use? So I, like... I wore the crop top, but like with really high-waisted jeans, so you couldn't see my stomach. And then I thought, like, if I'm feeling like this, and there's probably so many, so many girls, I think every girl out there probably feels the same way, whether that's about their facial hair, body hair, whether it's about their weight, you know, their height, the cellulite on their legs, and the list is literally endless. Um, So, yeah, it was like, like I said, it was a natural progression. It started off with beauty, and then I remember during lockdown, I actually started a series on TikTok, um, which was about insecurities. I thought, okay, I've got these insecurities, like for me, it's facial hair, body hair, that's probably the biggest thing. But that means other people have really, really weird insecurities out there as well, that aren't talked about, so people just you know, it makes it like this taboo thing. So I started this series with the intention of, right, let's get a discussion going. Let's, because you can bet your life you're not the only one with that insecurity. And yeah. it that's when I really took off, I think, because it was just like all of these girls confiding in each other, like, oh, I've got this insecurity, it's really embarrassing. And then you have thousands of girls responding to that, like, well, I've got that as well. And suddenly it's not an insecurity because it's normal. But if no one's talking about these things, then they can't be normalised. Um, so it was I kind of started it with like selfish reasons I wanted to give myself what I missed growing up and then it just so happened to resonate with like so many girls out there which I love so that was very organic and yeah I still get still get DMs to this day you know like honestly I I can't respond to all of them but like I wish I could just you know like share with the world like because some people don't want to comment them on my post so I'll get DMs all the time about insecurities people have that they find so embarrassing and it's like I literally have that no boobs are symmetrical you know like yes it's normal to have a flat ass like all these things it's just crazy like the list is endless um but then I still wanted to do that beauty side of it and I kind of wanted to like merge the two together because I feel like the beauty industry is amazing right but it's very toxic at the same time and there's still so much work to be done um and I think definitely brands are heading that way slowly but it's yeah it's not going as you know quick as I think it should be so that's why I wanted to kind of yeah merge the two together and make this platform where we can talk about beauty you can apply makeup but you can also not apply makeup and still be okay with that um so yeah somewhere in the middle I think there is I think there's we are exposed to so much of people's lives or a perception of people's lives that I find it a lot and I call it like and I like oh god I'm having an identity crisis day or whatever because I'm like who the hell am I like sometimes my style's like this and sometimes it's like this sometimes I'm in this mood or sometimes I want to wear full makeup but sometimes a lot of the time I don't like I'm shit at hairs and I'm like I fucking do my hair like it's I find it overwhelming and then you look online well, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's so easy to get swept up in the tide, isn't it? Of so what you easy. So easy, yeah. And do you know what? Like, I actually feel like embarrassed admitting this, but for a really long time, I was, you know, zooming into my facial hair on my face. But if I was going to an event, that facial hair was gone. So it's almost like I could talk about it and promote it and know that it was okay to, you know, to do that on social media. But then in real life, I still was lacking that confidence to take my own advice. And mm-hmm. only now am I going out and I'm like, okay, right, my facial hair's there. You probably can't see it because it's not the best camera quality, but it's there and I haven't got rid of it. And, you know, even for myself, it's great me giving this advice to people, but it's taking your own advice can be hard. It can be tricky. So yeah, so now if I do like a waxing video or like a shaving my face video, I will then get, the other comments like well but you stand for natural beauty and 
but for me how, how i see my platform is i stand for doing whatever you want with your body if you want to remove your facial hair remove it if you want to keep it keep it for me it's all about choice and it's all about letting people do what they want like that's that's what i stand for i think it's hard to get that message across on you know on social media sometimes i don't want to have my facial hair on show sometimes i don't want that sometimes i want to have a clean face sometimes i do and i think that's okay to be able to do both you don't need to put yourself in this box and then stick to it i think that's my sort of biggest message because i do i get comments you know either side i will get girls commenting like just shave your face that's disgusting but then i'll get girls commenting when i do it well why are you doing that that's not what you stand for and it's like i stand for you doing whatever you want like i just think because i used to get picked on a lot for my facial hair i just think that's so wrong to pick on anyone for anything um yeah and i mean it's it's difficult i've got friends um that do the same sort of content as me and like the comments they get especially like you know with tiktok you never know who it's gonna get shown to they they can be like vile disgusting comments and i i have to really bite when it's my own comments i can bite my tongue i think when it's someone else i, re- I like really struggle with that because i'm i'm just not like that i've never ever picked on anyone for their looks and i never would dream of doing that so yeah. it's hard isn't it when you stand for something to then just sit by and watch other people say and do things like that yeah it is I think two things there like one how do you deal with trolls like you mentioned it a bit there but like how do you actually deal with it because your content it is so personal to a point where you're literally zooming in into every inch of your skin yeah and and then also really keen to talk about like how you've gotten to a place where you're so comfortable with one showing this kind of content and also the fact that you are just like do you know what I don't feel like shaving my face today or I do feel like it today like that takes a bit of self-work doesn't it definitely I've done I've done more self-work I'd say in the last year two years than I've done in my entire life like genuinely and that's partly because yes I'm working from home I've got nothing else to do um but I think, you know, as a part of what I do, I almost have to work on myself. I can't start preaching to other people. This is the trap I fell into earlier that I was talking about. I can't start preaching one thing to other people and then not believing it or working on myself. So I've done more sort of self-reflection this year than I ever have in my whole entire life. And it's hard. It's a working progress. You're not going to be insecure one day and the next day wake up and be so confident. That's not how it works. It mm-hmm. is, you know, it takes time. It takes I mean, I do all sorts of things now, but, you know, it, it's not it's not an overnight thing. Um, with regards to trolls, like, I just, honestly, it doesn't bother me anymore. Like, I think you get to the point where it's just, it, you just have to laugh at it. Like, I actually find it funny. And I am so, so grateful. I do a lot of videos, actually, about the hate comments I get, but I get an overwhelming amount of nice comments and they don't go unnoticed. I see them all the time. And it just, you know, my mum always says, my mum will read all the comments. She'll say, you know, someone will send a hate comment and you'll get, like, 100 girls underneath you like backing you so obviously that really helps when you've got that support network but I think I've almost proven it to myself and any everyone else you know what I mean like you know facial has normal every single girl will tell you it's normal so I think I think it's just because I've got that message out there because these videos doing well I don't need one person to like you know if one person's got something to say that's fine but it's normal every girl has it and everyone's talking about it so yeah it's interesting but I, I just the trolls don't really bother me anymore it's just laughable like at this point <laughs> I think when you get so many of them you just yeah you just learn to deal with it yeah yeah I think so and there's that whole thing of like if someone's being malice or mean or whatever it's through an insecurity of them and yeah. it's or like you never know what someone else's day is like or what they're going through or whatever I think it's easy to say that but when you're actually like because I when I when I was getting bullied mum and dad used to be like yeah but you don't know what they're going through and I think that's a bit of bollocks like you know they're just trying to be mean to be mean like I I didn't believe any of it but I think 
honestly like growing up I I now see that everyone has shit going on in their life everyone and if you if you you haven't previously gone through that or you're not going through it now you will like everyone's going to go through something at some point so it's just yeah you're right it's just being mindful about that and knowing okay this person's either doing it for likes because it makes them feel good or maybe they want to deflect from them like whatever it is you know that's a reason that they're that they're behaving like that but it's even you know like it's that I think that translates into real life I'm on the tubes and I'll like smile at everyone and I think that's just because I'll be I'll be honest like the past year I've struggled a little bit with my own mental health and I just feel like you know that smile could just change someone's day it sounds stupid but it can so and you know if someone like gives you a dirty look I used to be like bitch (laughs) now I'm like okay but they could be going through shit and they probably are going through shit and if not they will be going through shit so it's just yeah it's just being very mindful knowing that like everyone's going through you know their own stuff I think there's no one that's going to be you know not insecure about anything so yeah you're right it's putting it into perspective isn't it at the end of the day and knowing that everyone has their own little thing so you can't take it to heart yeah definitely um why beauty why I know we talked about like your journey of it but like why for you was beauty the option that you decided to create content yeah that's a good question for me it was like never going to be fashion or anything like I really really cannot do fashion I just (laughs) my pajamas 24 7 um so for me beauty like what like I said when I was growing up like I didn't love makeup but you'd I'd go into the shops and I would see three foundations you'd see light medium dark yeah none of those would suit me I'd be an Indian girl and I've got loads of like you know friends that have deeper skin tones even the ones that have fair skin tones there would never be a match for them I think that's where it probably started because I was like okay there's a there's a real gap in the market here and obviously now we've got brands like Fenty Beauty we've got like Revolution like all these brands that have so many different shades um but like I said growing up that wasn't a thing um I think I think for me I've always been into like adverts sounds weird but I've always been into like marketing so I'd watch tv ads and I always talk about that famous like razor ad where they're shaving your leg but there's no hair on it anyway mm-hmm. um so how so how good your product I can't see it I can't see what it's doing I can't see how effective it is it's almost like it's too taboo or too weird to show like hair on your leg or you know people talk about an acne product and then the person they're showing has got like flawless skin and no acne it just doesn't make sense so I think that's when I was really like this, this there's like no logic to this anyway like your your adverts are there but you're not actually really promoting anything you're just you know showing your product but we can't see the results mm-hmm. um so I think that combined with the sort of growing up and the lack of diversity putting them two together I was like there's, there's a real gap here where like I think we really need to all it's not something that you know you've got certain brands that are doing things like that and you know like for example dove i love dove i've always loved dove they they're so real with their content inky list another one um revolution like there's a few that are kind of i feel like leading the way a little bit and brands are now becoming you know more inclusive and stuff but it's just i feel like we're way behind where we should be do you know what i mean yeah, yeah there's I've yeah and i think makeup is very different to skincare in my experience um yeah but there are still brands who are very, very perfected and very heavily edited. Like I, I obviously look at beauty brands and, and research all the time, as you probably will more yeah. so than me. But I'm very, do wear a lot of makeup, quite pared back. Like I don't have dye my hair, like I'm very natural. And so I don't go looking for brands that don't suit me. And they obviously don't come to me with like paid ads or whatever. Yeah, I do like look sometimes and I'm like, how like why is everything pink and over yeah, the top and, yeah. and I get it but then there's obviously still that audience yes. and I think for a long time I couldn't get my head around it but a bit like what you were saying 
is it okay to edit your pictures? I don't know if I'm comfortable with saying it is because I think it yeah, I think insecurity or creates insecurity, but there's still a lot of it out there. No, there's no right or wrong. And the same, you, you know, what I was saying earlier about the shape of my face and people saying you either can or can't. I think people then think, okay, so now, you know, like, because I, I have gone filter free, I don't use filters anymore, but that doesn't mean I'm against people using them. I would never judge someone else for using them. They'll yeah. have their own reasons. We're all trying to, we're all trying to like, you know, keep up with everyone. We're all trying to fit in. And if, if the whole world's using, you know, face app, and you're the only one not using it you're going to stand out like a sore thumb because that's becoming the new face that everyone's got you know on their picture so I completely get it and I would never ever judge anyone else for using filters and I don't want to sit here and say I'll never use a filter in my life but honestly since going filter free my confidence is you know so much better than it ever was like I could not have posted a picture before without editing my without editing my pictures and now I look back at pictures from uni and oh my god I don't even recognize myself with some of the pictures like I saw a picture the other day and I I, I just couldn't believe it like, it's actually funny like I had I don't even know it was like my face was cut from here I'd honestly tried to like get rid of my double chin or something but it looked stupid I can't believe I even ever posted that um so it's just funny isn't it but like I would never judge anyone else for doing that I think this is the thing people 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 th- see things so black and white and there's always that gray area we always need to you know I, I just I would never judge anyone for that but for me all I can say is since ditching the filter like it's made me so much more confident yeah. what I would also say on that point is I film all my videos in the TikTok app I don't use the beauty mode or anything but I still think these social media sites they do still blur your face to some extent mm-hmm. um which is why I'll film in the TikTok app I'll go into my camera and I'll be like oh god you can see everything like you really can see you know so I think it's also just being transparent in that aspect as well because when I do zoom into my face I'll use the back camera but when it's on the front camera and I've got my amazing lighting I mean is that any different from using a filter I don't know so yeah it's, it's, there's very fine lines isn't there and it's, it's difficult and I think you're right with a lot of beauty brands they are still using filters and stuff in their ads there's one brand in particular which I won't name and their products are amazing um but I was speaking to my friend Nikki Lilly um and she was like you know they're a very they're trying to be a diverse brand, but only by showing different skin tones. But actually the people, the people within that, they all have like the same face. They've got the same, you know, nose size and the same lips and the same eyes. So yes, you're ticking that diversity quota in the sense of the skin tones, but you're not showing, you know, what you're not showing anything other than that. It's, it's almost like a tick box. We don't want that. We want to go beyond that. Um, Cause it's, it's a lot, you know, like I see people, I see loads of people now and like, surgery and stuff and I'm again I'm I've got no opinions on that I think let people do what they want to do but it's I feel like people are almost being pushed into a corner having to do that especially when brands are using like a carbon copy of the same face and yeah it's a lot I think brands have a lot of work to do but yeah. hopefully we're getting there I feel, I feel like we are making changes and it's it's just it's just slow but it's yeah we are getting there so. yeah I I agree and I do think I think like you said some brands do it amazingly well and I think you know from my experience working in the back end of brands it's the infrastructure of the teams that that make it what it is and and the older and the bigger the company the harder it is to be with the time 100%. yeah no exactly right I think I think the newer brands are coming in and they're making more of a change they're making statements and I I used to work for a brand as well a makeup brand global one back of house doing the brand and I think yeah the brands that are established they've almost got their own little they've got their own branding that they've got to stick to you know they're known for this and they, it's hard for them to then get out of that 
sort of box that they're within. But like, yeah, the newer brands, I do think it's easier. And that's why it's actually refreshing to see this, you know, all these new brands emerging because they actually are doing more than just selling a product. And I mean, I know I just banged on about Dove, but I went to an event two days ago and I have never been to an event like that in my life. They were not promoting one product. They were talking about social media damaging kids' mental health. And they said they, that well, I talked to one of the girls that worked there. They'd been working on this for 18 months on this presentation. And not one Dove product was mentioned. Not one goodie bag was given with their products. It was just literally, you know, that's a brand that's doing more. And they always have because I was doing projects before doing TikTok, way before. And they used to do these little ads and they were they're, they're amazing, like, if you guys haven't watched the Dove ads, you need to watch them. It sounds like I'm sponsored by like Dove right now, doesn't it? I mean, it's funny actually because they're a, they're a bit of a hidden gem, Dove, aren't they? Because I I um in fact I haven't looked at them for a while actually, but I used to when I worked in the industry, I used to hold them in such high regard for all of their outputs that they did and the way they communicated and their messaging. I thought was really strong, and it's actually a, they are a bit of an underdog. You don't. You wouldn't think of them as a go-to kind no. of moment in the industry. Yeah, 100%. Um, They've even, I don't know if you've seen the, oh, I don't know what the filter's called on TikTok. It's the glamour, bold glamour. It's the one where it's literally like face up on TikTok. Um, so they actually started a petition to try and basically ban it. Um, so they're really like forward thinking. And I just, that's a brand that genuinely, aligns with my own personal brand you know because my tiktok is my brand and i've got my my things that i try and do and they've always tried to do that so that's just why i'm so passionate about those sort of brands that like are ahead of the times i feel like um but yeah no you're right they are they're definitely an underdog but it's they're just i just love them i've really got a little they're just a and the team do you know what they actually genuinely all want the same thing as well so it's brilliant they're a great brand yeah i love that um how or when did you notice that your following started to grow because you've got a bloody substantial audience (laughs) thank you um (laughs) um I would say probably god I get mixed up you know the like covid years the lockdown years they all merge into one for me um was it 2020 or 2021 it was Christmas of one of those years and it basically just shot up from like a hundred thousand so getting to a hundred thousand on tiktok was like quite a slow and steady process i wasn't doing any body positivity stuff at this point i was just doing makeup hacks um and then i got to the point where i was like okay i want to do now more with my platform and i almost had built my confidence up to do enough with my platform as well because i don't think i could have got gone on there and straight away showed my facial hair i wasn't at that point then um where i felt confident enough to do that and it's almost like my videos i'm almost preaching to myself like I almost have to watch my videos back to you know mm-hmm. so um I'd say as soon as I started introducing that sort of side of it that's when it shot up I've done two series now um on my TikTok and I say that was the biggest thing that probably yeah drove my growth um one was that insecurity series I was telling you about and I think it's just because it's never been done before no one wants to talk about it so when you've got someone that is talking about it suddenly everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon and it was just a really nice like community like the people in the comments were making friends and it was just really nice they were actually making their own little group chats and like I was I was like they were joining me in them um so it went it went beyond just like you know a TikTok video it was a community it was like a family of people and then the second thing I did was like a glow up series, which sounds almost contradictory to what I do, but it was basically about, you know, being in lockdown, 
no one being able to get out and talk to people, make friends. So it was just doing little things to like build ourselves up. So whether that's like a hair mask or, you know, like a face mask, it was meant to be like a, almost like a girl sleepover, a little glow up to make yourself feel better from the inside, but also like from the outside, just, you know, cause during lockdown, everyone, no one really cared how they looked today. So it's hard, it's hard balancing that you're beautiful regardless with, actually it's nice to do beauty. There's that fun aspect to it. You know, it's nice to see the transformation um, and it's like art as well it's creativity so yeah it was balancing both of those but I'd say that's when it grew the most um and then when I started doing my content now like the the facial hair and stuff it just I think it just carried on growing from there people just resonated with it and hadn't heard anyone do it before and I think that speaks volumes one for you and the content that you're putting out there and also your energy is really good like it's really real but it's really high energy and it's positive it's really nice to watch yeah Um, you're welcome it is it's really it's really good um and also like it just highlights just how big the demand is for this type of content and how much people are craving it 100% yeah I think it's just it's exactly that there's just like there's this there's this void that like needs filling and I think we are you know because you've got your body positivity influencers that's one thing but then you've got your beauty influencers there's no really it's not really any in between there is now I think If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. TikToks, you know, allowed some creators to start doing that. But before then, it was, it was they were two very separate things. Um, there was like fashion and body positivity. You know, you've got a lot of like plus size people and things like that. But there was never really much on the beauty side of things. So I think that's why I just noticed that gap more. Um, because I think, yeah, I think beauty there, you know, there's so much pressure as well, isn't there, with beauty. Um, I'd say even more so than fashion. Like for me, I know like your face, my face had to always look immaculate when I was going to uni and stuff. So yeah, I think it's just people resonated with it and it was just, yeah, it's what they, what they, they didn't realise they were missing it until they saw it and they were like, okay, now I, this is what I need. But I know growing up, that's what I wanted. So that's, that's why I started doing it. I think it's refreshing because I think, I'm speaking for myself here, but I feel like I've spoken to my lot of a lot of my friends about it, and like the pressure on looking perfect or looking yeah. to a certain level is at an all-time high. So when you get someone like you who comes in who says, 
actually, I can look amazing and I can look perfect and I can, or like my version of perfect and I can look like this, but I can also look like this. Yeah. And like you were saying, yeah. both is okay. Yes, because I think, again, it's that all or nothing thing, right? You've got people that will only show themselves when they're looking, you know, their worst, which I don't really like that term, but they'll, it's like these extremes that people work in. And I want to show people you can do both. Like, there's no wrong or right. Like, But I think to make an impact on social media, you often need to like be really out there and extravagant, which is why people end up just like not showing that that middle part of it which I think is so important because realistically there's times when I don't feel 100% confident and I yes okay I want to like have my threading done I want to have my waxing done or or whatever you know I've got spots on my face and I want to cover it up there will be times when that happens that's okay that's normal like that's that's a human thing comparison is like you know it's rife it's so normal to do that so I think I think it's just my main thing is making people aware like with the fil- with the filters thing I did because I was I don't know if you saw that um trend that went around where people were showing the edited version of their face and the non-edited yes. version yeah. so I actually started that trend and that was never to like really bash people that used it but I had always grown up thinking that like I was always wondering <laughs> um why don't I look like that and I never at that point I never knew that wasn't like an editing tool and neither did anyone else now people are aware of it because of that trend so mm. I think as long as people are aware of it that's really all that matters I don't think I'm not asking people to stop using filters mm. I just want you know for young kids that really can't tell that difference between edited and unedited picture I want them to become more aware of that because you know it's a real problem and I think I think it's only getting worse you know as, as generations go on as kids have phones when they're younger like this problem isn't going away it's going to get worse unless you have people making a change so yeah yeah but it's difficult, you know, it, it takes more than one person to do that. And like I said, there are a lot of creators now coming out that are, do some amazing work. Um, mm. But it takes, you know, you need the majority of people to be on board with it for it to actually, you know, make a difference. Yeah, yeah, defo. Um, what is your relationship like with social media? I have a real love-hate relationship with it. Um, I guess like anyone, like obviously it's great for like, you know, connecting with people and obviously I've built a community on there and I know I've seen firsthand how it can really help people um but I have to like set limits with myself as well like now I won't I don't really reply to dms I'll be honest like I because I think as well with the content I do I get quite a vulnerable audience sometimes so it's hard I can't then be that person that's always messaging them like almost they need to figure that out for themselves which sounds awful and my mm. mum's always like oh but you need to like respond to everyone but it's hard like I'm not a therapist I'm not you know a professional I'm just someone that's sharing a message um it's definitely got yeah good points and bad points I think too much of anything is never a good thing like it's all about balance right so as long as you've got a balance as long as you're not on your phone 24 7 I don't see the issue with it but I've really had to set boundaries with myself because it's easy to become just you know glued to your phone 24 7 which isn't ever a good thing I don't think those boundaries in that do you mean like coming off of your phone a little bit because I'm struggling with it at the minute and I've I noticed the day after I have been on my phone a lot and a massive difference between the day between that and the day after I haven't been on my phone a lot my head's so much fuller and noisier when I have been on my phone the day prior to what it is when I haven't 100% I think yeah definitely setting boundaries is in you know not going on your phone or having a no phone day I've got um a friend that literally on Sundays is like that's my no phone day you're not going to get a message from me like just don't even bother she'll literally lock her phone away which I think is brilliant because realistically nowadays like you can't it's so hard to not have a phone or to not use your phone. It's easier said than done, right? Like everyone uses it. Um, 
but I think it's yeah I think it's healthy to yeah set boundaries as in you know not going on it all the time setting yourself times when you don't go on it you know I mean my screen time's probably atrocious um but yeah and I think obviously it's hard because it's my job but the when it's become my job like I actually hate it more than I did before like always been on my phone because it's easy I think as a consumer of like content to just scroll endlessly and like you know you end up just on there for hours without realizing it um but I also think it's important to yeah take take a break from it and I think now that that's my job I want I want that break like I don't want to be on it so and you know what I, I love more than anything just being around people and having like real conversations um I think that's what's made the biggest difference yeah I think it's I think that I think it's that really isn't it but it's hard I appreciate people growing up now at school in schools and stuff like yeah. I can't imagine how hard it is for them like no. you know you especially that aspect of wanting to fit in I know I know during like lockdown as well like a lot of kids struggled the ones that didn't have computers or didn't have phones and everything suddenly was online then that then there's that real you know they feel that difference between them and other kids so it's a lot but I don't, I don't think things are heading in the right direction with regards to social media I think it's hard to tell people to like get off your phone I've got little cousins that know how to use an iPad and before they can even write like you yeah. know it's dangerous so everything in moderation yeah yeah um regards to bodies you say and I find it really interesting because um just different I've not met a woman yet who doesn't have an issue with her body in some way shape or form whether she's too small or too big or too wide or too tall or whatever um I love your analogy of like body trends and like Sometimes it's trending to have a massive bum or small boobs or be skinny or be thick or how, just talk me through like the journey of coming to that conclusion and and your journey with it. Like what's the why behind talking about body? Um, I'm actually very lucky that like, growing up, I my mum never did like diets or anything like that, but I've got a friend that actually struggled with an eating disorder for a very long time. And her mum would always talk about, diets weight watching things like that um and it's just sad I know growing up you'd see you'd see like magazines right we've all seen them where you see like these celebrities on the beach and you've got these like is it tabloids I think it's tabloid isn't it just you know cussing them and saying all these horrible things about them and I just remember growing up and you know skinny the skinnier the better like you want to look like you're just bones like that was just perfect and I I actually never really saw the attraction to that thank goodness but like you know again it's that whole thing you know if extremes isn't it it's like it wasn't okay to just be like slim you've got to be so skinny that you can see like every single bone in your body it then went from that to like suddenly you know the Kardashians came around and that's it no like you know you want to have meat here and meat there you want to have like, a big bum big boobs like I just think I just noticed that the trends are changing and I again it was with like for me my eyebrows right it started off with my eyebrows I had really bushy eyebrows it wasn't trending you know you want to get them threaded and suddenly then it's thick bushy eyebrows are like back in okay well now I've just like plucked all mine off they're not going to just grow back like that yeah. and I think you can just translate that to anything so like I said with with you know bodies they're always coming in out of fashion and like one minute this is in fashion one minute that's in fashion so you can't go by that you've got to you know do whatever's best for you and you've just got to make sure that you're he like healthy and fit at the end of the day I think that's so important um because if you are like chasing trend you're never going to be happy when you reach one another one will come out like that is just the way it works and brands profit off of that like I'll be real like you know 
even the media like if they're if they're making you like chase this thing that you haven't got well they're going to somehow make money from that so i think it's just i think again it's just awareness isn't it um but i i love watching like little ted talks and things so i've seen loads of people do stuff like that on there and i think it's just really fascinating um but yeah i think i don't think that's going to ever change i think you know now that sort of big bum slim waist in fashion and in 10 years it will be something completely different like mark my words <laughs> definitely and i think it's also not possible for it's not for everyone to achieve that what's your what's your message for people who are getting caught up in trends because we've all been there like i do it all the time and i i kind of know now how to catch myself and i'm like now claire like it's silly like yeah. you're fine as you are like you're good enough it's okay but i've gone through a long it's taken me a long time to get to this place of not comparing myself to everything I see or yeah. trying to be skinny because of a trend, for example. Like, what's your message or advice to someone who is like, because I think you can, I love social media and I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. I started this, this whole thing was probably from being honest through insecurity and through watching yeah. social media and hating it. And I was like, I don't look like anyone on there. Like it's yeah. vile. And then I'd like, yeah. you're like slagging people off in my head because I thought they looked better than me. And it was yeah. all. And then like through this whole journey of scenes of beauty, I've really flipped it and I love social media, but I've learned so much about it and I've talked to a lot more creators about the whys yeah. of what we do and blah, blah, blah. No, but I love that point because it's exactly the same thing. Like when I said I started it off, yes, I did for the likes and validation, but yeah. it, it that completely like just shows doesn't it? it's almost like that was almost like a blessing in disguise that I started it with that intention because you're not telling me anyone posts a nice picture of themselves just for a memory on Instagram otherwise you'd have a fake account where no one's following it people do they they get that like dopamine hit from getting the likes and, and you know followers from it but like what I love about that point is let, let me tell you I was I was desperately trying to hit this one million mark on TikTok I couldn't wait couldn't wait I hit it did anything change no in fact I was so disappointed I thought why am I not feeling better? Like, I should be feeling so excited. Where's the, like, I want to feel this buzz? And it didn't happen. And then two million, same thing. Like, there's no number that's going to give you that satisfaction. And there's, there's, you know, even, like, let's say you want your body to look like this. You'll get it like that. You still won't, you still won't ever be happy with it. Like, I, I'm telling you, like, you're, you know, you you can, you could have the most stereotypically perfect face, you know, and you there'll, there'll be something else that you want to change. There will be. That's just, I think, how we're wired. So it's just, I think it's just, getting to a point where you're content and then working on working with that and just being really happy with it which I know is so much easier said than done mm. um I think awareness is the biggest thing like if you're aware that actually celebrities or Instagram models have the money to get surgery um that they can just change their body like that you know or they can get personal trainers and they're not working they're not going to school they're not going to uni they can spend all day every day training um you're, you're you're otherwise trying to like compete with someone or like reach an expectation that's just not it's not possible so I think it's just important to know that like I've seen pictures of you know people and one day their body looks like this and the second day in a magazine it looks like this that's not realistic overnight these people have money they have you know people working for them that can do whatever they want so if you're just constantly chasing something you're never ever going to be happy like at the end of the day I think that's what it is and I've seen that myself like I'll, I'll change one thing obviously I've not had any surgery done but like you know I've always wanted like bigger lips, but then, you know, you sort that out. So I'll, like, I'll over my, overline my lips and then suddenly my nose looks wonky. And then I'm like, okay, let me contour my nose. And then suddenly it's like, oh, this is the problem. My eyes are too big. Oh, my under eyes, like I've got sunken eyes. Maybe I can get under eye filler. Like that's never going to stop. Do you know what I mean? Again, you're just tracing something that's just so unrealistic. Mm. Um, but I appreciate that so much easier said than done. And I know like when you're in the thick of it, it's so hard to get out of that. I think it's just 
patient and I, I do think as you get older you learn to just be a bit more accepting of your body not always but I think as a teenager you know you're going through changes and that's probably the time when you're most insecure and you're surrounded by people and you're comparing yourself to them so I think time as well like time's a healer and as you grow up hopefully you just start to become more accepting of it I've heard I've spoken to so many people in their 30s and 40s that are like for the first time I'm okay with how I look mm. so yeah, it's just knowing that, I think. I think awareness is the most important thing. Yeah, I think so. And I think self-love, so you said, like, you spent the past year kind of really focusing on self-love. Just take us through that journey, like, some of the things you do or that you find really helpful that have enhanced your, like, self-confidence or just liking yourself a bit more. Yeah, for me, I think rather than self-love, it's been more of, like, a mental thing. Like, I've, I used to be quite competitive in a not very nice way like not even competitive when it comes to sports or stuff stuff like that but I'd almost want to do better than everyone again I think this stems from the bullying I think that's where it all sort of stems from it's like this desire to like prove everyone wrong mm-hmm. um so I need to look at myself and be like well that's not healthy like I almost want to do better than people that I don't even know that could be the most lovely people um and like that, that extended to like looks as well like like you said when you'd be like seeing someone that you thought looked you know perfect and in your head you'd be like oh she looks like this she looks like that it's I think that's a very like natural human thing to do and I'd be bitter about it I'd see a pretty girl I think yeah I'd like convince her she's not pretty she's got this one with her that one with her that's someone that's not securing themselves so I think before you start doing that and coming for other people you've got to learn to like actually just accept yourself I think that's the hardest part isn't it um but totally resonate with you on that point because that's exactly what I was like so almost just reflecting on not the bad points of me because I feel like there are no bad points right you can you can there's unhelpful things and there's helpful things there's no characteristics that are like bad but I think jealousy things like that like comparison noticing when I'm doing it and I think going back to the point you had earlier like everyone's got their own little demons that they're fighting whether that's to do with how they look or their mental health their physical health like and the older I get the more I notice that like everyone has shit going on so yeah it's hard and it takes time I think but I think this year I've really just spent time like self-reflecting identifying things that I think I can improve on which I used to be like there's nothing like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm right I'm right that's it like there, there is do you know what I mean so it's just I think it's just being aware of that and I'm I'm so much happier now like I can sit and have a conversation with someone and I can have the opposite opinion of them but I will hear them out and I'll actually be like no I can see where you're coming from rather than like no you're wrong yeah. so that's more I think the sort of self-improvement that I've I've seen in myself um and I think that extends out like my family have noticed that as well mm-hmm. so yeah it's really refreshing and again I think that's like an age thing I think I've almost hit an, I'm 24 so I've hit an age where you do have to start maturing suddenly um so yeah but it's, it's a nice change I think it's I'm, I'm proud of myself for it I am like it's mm-hmm. it's good and I think social media has helped me with that because I'm almost having to be a role model to people so I can't on one hand be like this like hypocrite and then have a different like fake online persona I have to like actually work on myself and do that inner work at the same time so I love that what what's driven that like inner work or or, like the curiosity to be quote-unquote better or something yeah I've always been like a perfectionist like always and I think it sounds like a great trait right like that's amazing but it's really not like it's probably my most unhealthy trait that I've got and that's becoming more and more apparent because nothing will satisfy me or make me happy 
previously, right? So I, I, I remember I started, obviously I'm really fortunate with this job. Like I get to take in on like some brand trips and I remember going on a trip and I was, wasn't happy. I was thinking, this is weird. I'm in this like stunning, I was in Hawaii and it was beautiful and I was with the best team, but I was, I'm, it's not, I thought, I thought I was expecting more like from myself. I thought that I'd be happier. I thought that I had this goal all my life to go on this brand trip and it's not, like hitting me in the same way I thought it would I think that was the realization for me that like I need to just be satisfied like there is again it's that searching for more and like that perfection like that perfectionism coming out and it's just not healthy and it's not sustainable so yeah it's difficult I think I think if I can give anyone the biggest tip and I know this is going you know off track a little bit because it's not really to do with beauty but it's very much like being present and it's so hard to do um but if you're present and you're like you know you're actually sitting here and you're talking to people and you're like engaging in conversation and again it's an art and I'm really working on this myself you're not gonna you're not gonna give a shit what other people look like you're not gonna care about you know how you're gonna look in the future or what you look like in the past we spend so much time like fixating on that that we actually just miss the present moment and aren't really enjoying like life how we should be so I think that's almost like more of the sort of side that I've like gone down when it comes to like improvement and it's it's a journey like let me tell you I'm nowhere near getting to where I want to be but it's just you know it's just noticing those things um but yeah and like you know my own like confidence with regards to looks I was never like that insecure I obviously had my insecurities like especially in secondary school but as soon as I could get rid of my facial hair and stuff I was like in an okay place but I still wasn't confident enough to post a picture without editing it so yeah. now like nothing really phases me I think you do just get to that point where there's just other things that are more meaningful to you so for me like spending time with family meeting up with friends which I'm, I really slack on that but those sort of things that's where I get genuine satisfaction from and I've actually started volunteering in a hospital um and that gives me more satisfaction than getting 100,000 likes on a video way more like genuinely so but I think it's easy for me to say that I think people need to experience that firsthand that's yeah. the difference isn't it yeah I think it's tricky when you're stuck in a in a mindset even even now like when everyone's talking about self-love yeah online and journaling and meditating and and again it's a it's a weird pressure of how much is too much how much is not enough I think if you know the tools or like read books or whatever and then you kind of forget about it it sits in your subconscious and then you help yourself well that's what works for me anyway and it's kind of just things like you said, like noticing, or like I had a few therapy sessions and actually I had it for about six months and then I stopped and it's really helped me because it's given me time to reflect. I don't need it all the time ongoing, but like. I think, uh, I think you're right. There's a really fine line between it too much and not enough. Um, Cause I also fell into the trap of doing too much self-love and too much self-improvement. And then it's just like, then, then you're almost trying to live up to that expectation of like, okay, but I need to feel this way. I need to be doing this. And mm-hmm. realistically, we're humans. We're going to make like, you know, we're going to make, um, what's the word? What's the word? Like, we're never going to be perfect. It's, it's just impossible. So I think it's just knowing that. Um, but yeah, no, I think therapy sessions, I think anyone can benefit from that. I think that's, I actually had the conversation with my friend before. Because I think people feel like they need to have gone through something to do it. But I really think it's beneficial for people to do in their lives. Um and yeah, because you're right, the tools you learn from that, you can implement into anything, whether it's, you know, helping you feel more confident with the way you look or just anything, like your mood. So yeah, it's really interesting. I think therapy's you know, helped me massively. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, I think it's really important. I actually did, I actually had like a little therapy session recently and we did something called shame attacking, which is so yeah. beneficial for people, I think, that um, are insecure or that have like social anxiety. Um, 
we went to Westfields and I had to do like really embarrassing tasks, like really, really embarrassing tasks. And it's so funny because I was shaking, I was sweating. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And by the end of it, you're like, people really don't care about you. Like they don't care what you look like. They don't care what you say, how you act. It's all in your own head. Like people, we become so aware of like, how do we seem? What are people thinking? Are they judging me? No one gives a shit. Everyone cares about themselves and that's it. Like we're very selfish people. Um, mm. And I think that just really highlighted that to me. I literally, I had to go into like a, this watch shop and there was like no watch cheaper than like ten thousand pounds and i was like this is not my budget like i need a 10 pound watch if you got anything for that and it's like so embarrassing like and she was like actually really nice about it she's like there's a store like over there and i was like in your head you think they're gonna like judge you and be like oh, yeah. right here um we had to like go and put like makeup all over my face and i had to go into like a gucci store it was like the most ridiculous makeup smooth on my face and i had to like oh it was just so embarrassing like i was in this high-end gucci store with like makeup smothered on my face and they don't judge that's a thing like we just we're just so scared aren't we what other people are thinking and people probably aren't thinking about us at all i think that's just what it highlights so a lot of it is in our own minds but i think it's hard it's, it's so easy to say that and it's so hard to believe it but that's something that happens with time i feel like it's just practice yeah but. i think um perspective is is a massive thing isn't it like when you are just put into a situation where you gain perspective or you reflect and gain perspective or hindsight gives perspective. I just think it's, you realize like your day-to-day thoughts, a lot of them are so silly or so unnecessary or so dramatic or whatever. You can see things so much more clearly, can't you? I think that's the thing. We get sucked into this like zone um, where you can't think clearly and you're in this, like, for me, I'm a real thinker. Like, I'm always in my head. Um, and that's why I'm really trying to work on like mindfulness and being present. Um, but I, I, I like live life in my head and it is hard. It's only when you're outside of that, you're thinking, well, that thing that I was just ruminating or thinking about really isn't even that deep. But when you're in it and you're, you know, in the middle of it all, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to see it for what it is, um, yeah. which is the same about, you know, like when you've got insecurity that's so embarrassing at the time. But then when you're older, you're like, that's a bad at all. Like, what was I worrying about? Mm. And I get, I actually do get um, messages and comments from, older people which is it's rare on tiktok because i've got a younger audience um but i get like mums messaging me and they're like it's funny because i was so insecure about how i looked and now i look at it and i'm like i was literally stunning like what was i so insecure about and again it's that hindsight isn't it it's in the middle of it there's always problems we can always find these problems and that is the way our brains are like wired like we're just we love to be in fight or flight mode we love to overanalyze things so yeah it's, it's definitely interesting i think there's I think, yeah, it's, it's very fascinating industry, isn't it? I love talking about mental health. I'm very, like, yeah, passionate about it. I think I'd love to go down that avenue some more. I, I would really like to work with some charities and things as well. I think yeah. it's a problem that's getting worse, isn't it? Like, anxiety's on the rise. Depression's on the rise. So, yeah. And I think it all ties in. Like, we talked about social media. We talked about beauty they and mental health. And they're all interlinked. Yeah. So, very important discussions. Yeah. Why do you think they're on the rise? Like, why in what... And obviously, like, neither of us here are experts, but, like, why do you think anxiety and depression are, like, rising? I I really don't think social media helps with that, I'll I'll be honest. Um, There's no getting away from it. So, like, for example, when I was getting bullied at school, it was shit while I was at school, but I could come home and get away from that. Whereas now it's not. It's, like, always on our phone. There is no getting away from it. And even if you want to get away from it, like, the pressure to be on your phone, to have social media at a young age is always there. Um 
we also we just don't deal well i think with discomfort like as as the whole generation you just don't but and i think it's because we get everything on a plate you know like if we want to search something we've got it on our phone if we want to eat something we can order it on uber eats like we're not used to go like handling any pain whatsoever i'm at home freezing all the time and i just get a hot water bottle i put the heating on like that's not how we were designed but i think it's yeah it's become too easy so i think now any form of discomfort just sends us into like this spiral and i'm very guilty of that as well so i think it's a mixture of things that causes that but i think social media definitely has like a massive impact and yeah just our discomfort levels in general don't help yeah yeah I hear that you said you faced some like mental health challenges this year like are you comfortable to share a bit about those or like what you've learned or how you've coped yeah I think I think it's I think going full-time doing what I do obviously I'm so blessed and I love it but then I've just been at home the whole time with very little interaction with anyone um no socializing with anyone you know it's it's just lonely and so I just spent a lot of time in my own brain like I think I've got a friend that had the same thing she said she used to um when she was looking for work she ended up just creating problems in her own head that weren't really even issues so so yeah with my friend like when she went back to work it was just like she just went completely back to normal because you know you're back into you know reality and you're you're having to mix with people and you're, you're busy I think I think it just doesn't help with what I do so yeah I'm finding ways through it I think it's actually taught me so much and I'm almost glad that I've gone through it because hopefully I can help people with it um so yeah and I think it's just it's sad isn't it like I get messages all the time from people um with what they're going through so yeah it's just I think I think everyone will go through something in their life regardless of what it is and I think it's just yeah it's learning from that and it's it's difficult though like you said when you're in the middle of it all but yeah I think I think just working from home really hasn't helped me I think it's the same with like people in lockdown when they were just always at home and it people's mental health went you know really down downhill yeah what is kind of working for you when you're like trying to um build on feeling isolated because I I feel it a lot and I think again with social media because you kind of live vicariously through other people through your phone don't you a lot of the time or for for you like working from home or like a lot of people working from home it it is sometimes like I sometimes plan to have days on my own and then I, I have like day two on my own and I'm like god I'm so like not seen anyone if not uh, anyone it's a bit yeah. too much um yeah. how do you how have you started to like work on that so this is something that I've this is like a very recent thing for me I've only really identified it as an issue like recently um but for example today I, I was telling you wasn't I Chloe I went to the museum on my own like I don't do things like that that's really pushing me outside my comfort zone but I went to um I was in London and I thought, okay, I'm going to get myself busy, get myself out the house. So I went to Science Museum and I went to the V&A Museum. Um, just doing anything that gets me out the house, whether that's going and working in a cafe instead of at home or, you know, doing day trips like this. I also, like I said, I do now volunteer, which I love because it's just it's just getting me out the house and it's, you know, I'm in a hospital, so everyone's ill, down, and I'm, I can go there and be that sort of person sort of lifts their mood up um which I find that really really rewarding and it's weird because like I said before doing any of this I never thought I was that type of person that would find that rewarding I was very like career driven and I just wanted to do well in my job but like I didn't really have that desire to help people but through through social media while that's happened I'm like okay this is I love this like helping people is so much more rewarding for me than anything else um and that ties in with the the volunteering and I, I love it if, if people have time to volunteer if you if you're, you know you're working from home or you've not got a job I highly recommend it I love it so much it's a highlight. like without kind of stating the obvious um and obviously it helps people and it it 
whatever selfishly it's also meant to improve your mental health and like um I can't remember it's meant to like improve your like positive output and stuff isn't it to like and even if it's not volunteering but helping others in some way like acts of service yeah it's just being selfless and I think it's easy like I said I think as humans we're very selfish like we don't think we are but we're self-conscious about the way we look you know it's all about us what and I think it's nice to actually just genuinely like have to you know, if someone's lying in a hospital bed and they're they're really ill, I can't sit there thinking, oh, but how do I look? Like, they don't care. They just want their tea or their, to- or their coffee or their, you know. So it's just, and I, last week I actually went and I was speaking to some people on one of the wards and it was just like, they were like, because obviously say with nurses, they're just obviously so overworked at the moment. They haven't got time to sit there and talk to people. So that's why they've brought out this new volunteer role so we can go and sort of offer that. And it's just, it's so nice. Like they, their face is just lit up. Not all of them. Some of them want to be left alone, but some of them are like so bored and they're sat there doing their little word search. And it's just so refreshing for them just to have a conversation with someone. So you're right. It's a real time to just be selfless. And it's something that I think we forget to do a lot of the time. Um yeah my parents have always been like hot on giving to charity and stuff, but it's different. That's one thing that's great, but it's different actually physically being there and just being someone, you know, there to listen to their problems or to distract them from, from their problems. So yeah, it's, it is, it's rewarding for me, but it's also, you know, you're doing something for them as well. Yeah, definitely. One thing, just taking the conversation back to beauty, one thing we didn't really touch on, I guess we did a little bit, but was like diverse diversity and representation within the beauty space and I think more than like more so question back to you on on how you feel about it I think there's a lot of conversation about it at the minute but again still a lot of work to do um what's kind of your version of it or your interpretation of it so I think diversity is a really difficult one. Obviously, you've got your obvious one with beauty, which is like, you know, skin range, skin tone ranges and things like that, which I think now brands, I mean, I don't know if there are any brands that do three shades anymore. People yeah. are really, you yeah. know, extending their shade ranges, which is so amazing um, because I know, you know, I, ha- I used to have brands that like, you know, had deep skin tones and there would be nothing to match them. They'd have to mix three foundations and a bit of red, like, you know, the red colour correct things and there would never be a shade for them. And then I have friends that were like, wear foundations that were like orange on their skin so there's always been that issue but I think now there's you know there's so much to choose from and I'm I'm so I'm so happy about that they've got different undertones and everything like which is incredible but I think diversity goes like beyond that um I when I used to work for that beauty brand that I was talking about we actually launched a mascara um and it was it was a different like it was a patented thing it was different to you know your normal one uh, where you have to like unscrew it um and the feedback we got was like actually there was this girl that I think I don't I think she used to have like a prosthetic arm and she was like I can't open the normal ones but I can open this so it's it oh my god it was just amazing like it was so amazing like because I don't think it was really made with that intention but to hear that that was yeah like that benefited someone like that it just shows you the possibilities are endless but at the same time I completely appreciate it's impossible to have a product that's so diverse that it's hitting everyone with every disability or you know every race every culture or religion like it's just you know it's difficult but I think I think we're definitely making like steps in the right direction I think the, the shade ranges is a great place to start I think that just really hit home that there's still a lot of work to be done and there's still a lot of people that you know beauty is not very accessible for them um Mm. so yeah just little things like that I was even at the museum today like I was reading something and then they had like they had it written like braille and I was like 
there's that's not really like any beauty products that have that or anything so it just makes you think doesn't it unless you're obviously in that situation it you you wouldn't you wouldn't realize that there's a sort of need for it um mm. but yeah it's difficult with diversity I think it's just like like I said it's quite difficult to be diverse to the point where it ticks every box but I definitely think there's things that we can do to head in the right direction yeah and I think like with the introduction of rare beauty and brands like that like yeah their packaging is um, created so that uh, people with certain disabilities can open it, accessories in it. So I think with the, with challenger brands like that coming in, it's really interesting, but yeah. And I think things like that as well, other brands will feel that that pressure to then have to, which isn't great because they're obviously just living up to the expectation, but it's good because then it means that it's not just one brand that people with a disability, physical disability can choose from. They'll have like, you know, loads of different brands so yeah I think I think in general we're definitely going in the right direction like I said with everything I think it's just like just a slow process but yeah. then you know it takes years to develop these products I appreciate that um and yeah I think we are heading in the right direction yeah. so fingers crossed yeah <laughs> um okay so final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty oh what's my version of beauty for me beauty this isn't to do with beauty. I'm just, you know. I know. Um, <laughs> Everyone answers so different. I find it so interesting. Yeah, I have no idea this is going to work. For me, beauty is moments where I'm fully present and I'm with people that I love. And I'm so engaged in the conversation and I'm just overwhelmed by this feeling of like togetherness <laughs> um, that I'm like, I don't even know what's going on around me. Like I'm just in this bubble and I'm just with people I love and we're having a great conversation um I'd say that's beauty for me yeah I think I think talking to people I love that so just you know you know you're like lost and you're lost in conversation with someone it's just you two in a room or it's just you know I love that that's for me that's probably my version of beauty that's when I feel my best yeah and I love that and I think the re- the whole reason I asked that question is because there's more to beauty than what you look like and I love when people answer it with yeah much more of a different definitely yeah it's I love it uh, so thank you um but thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing I think it's been really interesting so yeah thank you, thank you so much for having me I've loved it it's been brilliant so welcome ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Thanks. Thank you. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 